There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon in a beautiful winter's day here in Johannesburg. Hope your Friday is going swimmingly well, although I'm not sure swimming is something you'd want to be doing today, but hope all the prep and everything is going well and it's such a Wonder and honor to have you all as part of our radio family again this week. Shabbos Parshas, Kodesh Parshas, Shalach Lecha here in Chutzlaritz as you get ready for another amazing, amazing uh, uh, Shabbos. The the concept this week we want to talk about comes from the end of the of the Pasha, where the Torah says that uh, when Klaisol were in the Midbar in the desert, so they discovered. An individual who was Machal of Shabbos who desecrated the Shabbos by gathering wood. And the Torah says they brought him before Moshe and Aaron. Rashi tells us that Adam witnesses warned him about the prohibition. And nevertheless, even though he was told, if you do this, you're going to be punished, he continued doing it anyway. So it seems from Rashi that this was an intentional Aveira, that even though he was, there were two witnesses who warned him, so he was completely aware of what he was doing, yet he went ahead and did it. However, in the Torrent Verlio Rabbah, in Perik Chof Vav, so there's a whole different scenario of the same episode, which is that what actually happened was the transgression of Chilu Shabbos was in fact unintentional. And when the person who did this, when the transgressor was, was uh, discovered, so Hashem said to Moshe, why did this person break Shabbos? Moshe Rabbeinu answered, he didn't know why. Hashem then said to Moshe, I will reveal to you the cause why this person broke Shabbos. And that is, during the week when a Yid realizes that he is wearing tefillin on his head and on his arm, so he will uh, refrain then from having uh, spiritual lapses, from making spiritual mistakes. But on Shabbos, when he doesn't wear his tefillin, so a person is prone to do Averis because there's no, there's no reminder that's going to, that's going to stop him from doing Averis. Moshe, go out and choose a mitzvah that they should be busy with on Shabbos and Yom Tov in order to protect them from any kind of spiritual lapses, spiritual uh, uh, mistakes. So, from that, says Medrash, we were given the Israel, the mitzvah of tzitzis, which applies even on Shabbos and kind of serves as a constant Reminder to us. From this uh, conversation between HaKadosh Baruch and Moshe, it, it sounds that this act of, of Chilo Shabbos was in fact unintentional. Why? Because this person didn't possess a, a mitzvah on Shabbos that was going to protect him. Now, uh, in Sefer Imre Yitzchak, he explains that there's no contradiction at all 
between what Rashi is saying and what the Medrash is saying. Rashi says it seems to be intentional, and the Medrash says it was unintentional. Why? Because during the week, this person, this transgressor, did not do any Averis. Why? Because the Tefillin were a mitzvah that brought to him Yerushalayim. When he wore the Tefillin, he was aware of who he was, where he was, what was going on, and he didn't do anything wrong. However, during Shabbos, when there was no constant reminder of Torah and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so therefore one could easily forget that with a particular conduct, the, the, uh, 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 an Avera can come, right? When one starts, and, and then once one begins Chas to do an Avera, so then it becomes easier to continue doing the Avera, even if it means that he's now doing it intentionally, even after he was warned by witnesses of its prohibition. Once you create a laxity and you begin to do something, even if at the beginning it's unaware, you may continue doing it, even to the level where it's intentional and where, where witnesses could, could warn you. So, this is then the, 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 the power and the, the incredible grip that an Avera has over a person which can easily transport a person almost from to a very light Avera, to Avera done just because you're not thinking, just because there's no reminder to stop you from doing it, all the way down to a, to a serious one. In fact, uh, Rabbi Yonah writes, in his uh, parish on on uh, Prikiyavis, that that's the very nature of man. That once he's done one Avera, even if he uh, uh, if it's a light Avera and it's perhaps even an inadvertent Avera, but by that he already distanced himself away from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So then, when he's confronted with another opportunity, another confrontation to do an Avera even though it doesn't even really attract him so much. It's not such a, that he has such a tremendous cheshek or, or desire for that or, or passion for that Avera. He'll nevertheless transgress it. Why? Because I've already attached to the Yetzirah. The Yetzirah helped me with one thing, and now when it comes the second time, I just give in. Concerning this, uh, this uh, almost nature of a person, Chazal, Chazal say, you know, if it's, it's a, in, in, in Derechert Zuta, that it says, stay distant from what could cause one to do any kind of Avera, and be afraid even from a Avera Kala, from a light Avera, in order that if not, by any chance in the future, lead you just by a process of association, of already connection with the Yetzirah to Chas Hashem doing something much more serious and much more, much more severe. So here too, in the case of this person who was a Machal Shabbos, even though initially he was, he was a Shoige, according to the Medrash, right? He was doing it un- unintentionally as he forgot it was Shabbos or Either he forgot it was Shabbos or he forgot that this particular activity was forbidden on Shabbos, especially since this was only the second kind of official Shabbos of, of, of Klai Yisrael. But nevertheless, we know that even a Shoigeg done on Shabbos still requires some kind of a Kapara. 
and he was nevertheless unable to restrain himself, even after being warned by witnesses, which then brought him to continue sinning with uh, even uh, an intentional type of Avera. That's what it meant when the Torah of Eliyahu says that Hashem told Moshe that had the transgression possessed a mitzvah which would have reminded him about Hashem and Hashem's mitzvahs, so then he would not have come to do the Avera even unintentionally. However, once an unintentional Avera was committed, so there's unfortunately no guarantee that the next step wouldn't be an Avera even done on, on, on purpose. And that, that, that's going to be the next, the next step. That's why the, the mitzvah of, of Shema Yisrael, in which we accept upon ourselves the yoke, the responsibility of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so the last Pasha is the Pasha of Tzitzis. Because that's in order to teach us that a light and easy mitzvah, like tzitzis, which is unlike tefillin, which is not, uh, tefillin is not a chiv, is not obligatory every day, but rather only if, uh, 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 only on weekday, but about tzitzis, one almost meets out the strict halacha, one actually never has to wear tzitzis. It's only if a person has and possesses a, a, a four-cornered garment, so then you wear tzitzis. But that mitzvah is considered a heavy mitzvah, and it's equal to, to, to the, the, the huge mitzvah of Shema. And that's why, that's why it's connected to the Pasha. Because once you begin one transgression, even the lightest one, of let's say tzitzis, so it's 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 like unbelievable. But he might end up right away transgressing even even the heavyweight mitzvah with with the awareness that by by doing so he literally he he virtually seals his uh, his fate with a with a with a death sentence for 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 his actions. So what the Tanvayo is saying, we can better understand. So the, the halacha, the halacha says in, in Simon Chavdalit that when a person says the Pasha of Shema, so he, we gather the tzitzis in one's hand when we say the Pasuk of, uh, of Shema, even though we don't need it until later, until, until we get to the end, to the third Pasha, right? Uh, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, that, that would be the more practical time for us to put the tzitzis Around us, but even when we say that, even when we say the Pasuk of Shema Yisrael, we're already holding the tzitzis, and and the reason being that one has to realize that, as we say, Kala Kamura, that even a a light mitzvah of tzitzis is equally important to the sort of so-called heavy mitzvahs of Kabbalah Samach Shemaim, a, a, a lesson that's might unfortunately be overlooked if we only took the tzitzis in our hand when we get to Vayam. We'll carry on with the discussion in a moment, but we're going to go to the shops. This is Soul to Soul on High FM 101.9, the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. (laughs) 
There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, we're back on your radio on the Seder of Shabbos, just as we always do at this point. The important times you need to know for this coming Shabbos. Candle lighting this afternoon is no later than eight minutes past five. Slowly, slowly, getting very slowly, getting a little bit later. Uh, Shkia then is at 24 minutes past five. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at uh, six o'clock exactly on the dot. This is Shabbos Mavarchim. We say Rosh Chodesh benching for Rosh Chodesh Tamas, which Be'ez Hashem will take place on Wednesday and Thursday of this, of this, uh, of this week. Uh, beautiful Pasha, the Pasha Shlachko, special Haftarah, the story of the Maraglim of Yeshua that, uh, that, that he sent, uh, uh, lots of, lots of beautiful stuff. Just to finish off, we were saying that, uh, Das Kenim, in fact, explains that the reason why the Pasha of the Makoshish Eitzim is put right next to the Pasha of Tzitzis, is in fact to explain to us how the mitzvah of Tzitzis came into being was because of this person's inadvertent Avera. In fact, Chazal call the mitzvah of Tzitzis, the Lashon of Chazal's, Kechoysam Shaltit. It's like the, the mud seal, which was in that time uh, uh, for a, a servant to wear as a, as a, as a sign, as a testimony that he had an owner and wasn't a free person to do as, to do as he pleases. He couldn't eat, he couldn't wear, he couldn't talk, he couldn't act in whatever way he wants. Tzitzis serves the same purpose with us. It's our seal that we belong to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we must constantly be aware of this reality. And, uh, and, uh, and thereby not come to, uh, to break or transgress HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's desire. And in fact, our Achalim Kodesh talks, talks about this, uh, quite, quite at, 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 uh, at, at length. That, that's our chesim. That is our, the way we, we seal, we seal ourselves. And we're not, we're not free. We're not free agents. And if you remember that, that way we won't fall into doing even an unintentional Avera by simply by forgetfulness and thereby Hashem causing Avera, Goreres Avera, where one Avera leads to another, which is kind of a, 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 a domino effect, which drags one even into Hashem intentional Averas, things that we, that we know we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be, uh, we shouldn't be doing. And, uh, yeah, one doesn't have to go, uh, further than you know, all the, the, the massive concern and attention given in our culture to, to, I don't know, all these things, all these fads, let's say, uh, 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 to dieting in ordering to, to realize what, what Chazal, you know, so many times people go off their, 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 uh, I don't know, their diet because they, they craved, they craved something and, 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 you know, just a, a small treat and once they, and once they start that, then, they they lose it totally and they end up, you know, gaining back whatever whatever the uh whatever they may have lost in uh 
in 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 the past, and that really is 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 such an important lesson for us. We can't afford to let up even for one one moment, for one second. Every every mitzvah, every every opportunity we have, we don't have the right to say, "Well, yeah, this is not such a big one." I can I can kind of make sure that as long as I'm you know ticking off all the all the, the right boxes, I'm still okay. We we don't understand the importance of everything. That we're commanded to, and how that creates a synergy, how it creates an energy, how it creates a, a continuum. That if it's a good continuum, can constantly and, and, and consistently raise our, our our level. And God forbid, if we allow it to go the other way, to to end up to end up as a as a really negative type of type of situation. We said last week that we wanted to uh, spend a bit of time going over. It was kind of by popular demand some of the laws that. Uh, around what a non-Jew can or can't do for us on 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 Shabbos. Obviously, it is a topic we treated uh, in the past. We went through quite in a lot of detail, and I'm sure if one goes to the archives, well, I'm not sure how many years back the archives go, uh, you'll probably find the the shurim on that. But maybe we'll just do it almost as as an outline. Spend a, a few weeks on it without necessarily going into as much as much detail as we did when we did it the 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 first the first time around so we know that uh, essentially shabbos is something that was a, a special uh, a sign of the relationship that exists between the jewish nation and uh, and 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 uh, and and our Kaddish Baruch. And in fact that's the pasuk the pasuk actually says pasuk in kisisa says ki oisi it's a sign between me, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and between you, uh, the Jewish nation, for all generations, so that you must know that I am the Rabbani Shalom, I am Hashem who, who sanctifies, sanctifies you. And not only is it our thing, so we know that the Gemara says, and the Rambam uh, uh, talks about it, also that if a non-Jew conceives that he wants to spend Shabbos resting and not doing productive work. And he does that because he sees that as some kind of Shabbos. He sees that as some kind of a spiritual uh, experience that is akin to the Jewish Shabbos. Not because he just wants a day off and wants to laze around, but he's doing it as a, as a, as a, as almost like a religion. Uh, 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 to 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 fix for himself and to establish for himself uh, his own version of of a Shabbos that involves a complete cessation from creative work, so so where he doesn't do any work and he doesn't uh, he doesn't do anything that's beneficial or or uh, positive for the development and the upkeep of of the uh, of of the world. In other words, he selects for himself. This kind of a, 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 a lifestyle that he is going to, so to speak, keep Shabbos. So, so the Gemara says that, uh, that, uh, such a person is liable to be put to death by, by, uh, by a Kaddish Baruch. And, and, and the Rashi talks about it and, and the Rambam also. And even though it is, for, it is, uh, permitted and perhaps recommended even for a non-Jew to do Malacha on, on Shabbos, but we are not allowed to request from a non-Jew that 
he should do for us work work on Shabbos. There are various reasons for it, which we'll go into a, a, a bit later, but that becomes the issue. It becomes the issue is what is the relationship between non-Jews and Jews on on Shabbos itself in terms of the work of the work done. We'll come back with our closing segment in a moment, but we need to do some business. Don't run away yet. This is Soul to Soul on Chai FM. Don't leave us now. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul. We're back here on the radio on a Friday afternoon. So we're saying that the uh, our rabbis forbade any Jew to request, demand from a, a non-Jew that he do any kind of forbidden activity, any activity that is forbidden for us to be doing on Shabbos, we mustn't ask a non-Jew to do for us on on Shabbos. Even if the source of that prohibition itself is only a rabbinic prohibition, not even something that's forbidden by the Torah, even we would only be allowed to do it under rabbinic auspices. Nevertheless, we're not allowed to ask a, a non-Jew to do that for us. Chazal learned it, and, and, uh, and they, it's not, not really the source, but they, they, they have a hint for this from the fact that uh, the Pasuk says, Kol Molocha Loi says, all malacha should not be done for them. It doesn't say like tase that you should not do work, but rather should not be done. So, in other words, it's telling us that it's 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 fitting and it's it's correct that any malacha not be even done on behalf of and at and at the behest of any any Jew on on Shabbos and. Uh, and uh, and Yantav. And in fact, as as the Gemara says, and, and the Mechilta quotes it, what's lo yeoseh? Says, don't do it. You shouldn't do it. And no, and neither, obviously, your fellow Jew may not do it, nor even may a a non-Jew uh, uh, do do your work on uh, on, uh, on on Shabbos. And if the uh, the work is being done in the in the area of the Jew or with the with the uh, possessions with the property of of the Jew. So you're not you're not allowed to tell the non-Jew to do something, even for the non-Jew's benefit. If if he's using it in if he's doing it in your premises or he's using your your stuff, then you shouldn't even do malacha for himself on, on Shabbos. Just, just for uh, example, uh, uh, one's not allowed to tell a uh, a, a, a non-Jew here. I'm I'm giving you um, some some meat. Take it and 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 cook it for for yourself. Do your own thing, not for me, but do it do it uh, do it uh, 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 for for yourself. Even that. A, a person shouldn't uh, shouldn't shouldn't do that, or you can't uh, let's say tell a non-Jew uh, who's staying 
in his house, right? Can't you get turn turn the lights on for 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 yourself? You mustn't uh, you mustn't since he's doing it in your in your in your house. But if the if the meat actually belongs to the non-Jew himself, it's not yours. Then you would be able to tell the non-Jew to cook the, his own meat for himself, because since the a the non-Jew he is doing the the malacha and he's doing it solely and totally for his own benefit using his own his own stuff his own meat so on that Chazal didn't go that far as to make a gzera, as to make a a prohibition on on uh, on on telling a guy to do to do uh, to to do that furthermore the the Chazal added and and even forbade to benefit on on Shabbos from any work that a non-Jew does for for a Jew. Right? Classic example, the lights in your house have gone off and uh, your neighbor, the non-Jew comes and lights it for you. So a a a Jew is not allowed to have benefit from from that and even other Jews not only the one who it's done for, but other Jews also are not allowed to have any benefit from that, from that light. Why? Since it was turned on on Shabbos for the benefit of, of a, uh, of, of, of a Jew. Furthermore, if the malacha was done on, if it's a malacha that, uh, takes a while to do, it's not something that can be done, uh, inst- instantaneously. So then, not only are you not allowed to have a, a benefit on Shabbos itself, but even after Shabbos is over, until we get to the time where it would, if he had started to do that activity after Shabbos, he would have time to have done it, to have done it, uh, afterwards, right? If he, uh, harvested some fruit or, or, or trapped some fish and, and prepared a few, we'd have to wait enough time after Shabbos for him to have prepared it afterwards in order for us to be able to to be able to benefit. Lots more to talk about. It's a very, very interesting, very, very practical and relevant topic here in our in our lives. But please God will have further opportunities to discuss it next week. In the meantime, just enough time to thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for being here and to wish each and every one of you a very warm, a very uh uh Together, a very beautiful and, and learning Shabbat. Shabbat Shabbat. It's always a great time for the family and the community to get together. And thank you for listening. And just to wish each and every one of you a beautiful and wonderful good Shabbat.